Alternative Radio. Finances here. Prepare for freedom. Get ready to swallow the red pill because every week we're bringing you cutting edge, real, uncut, raw truths about finance in the world that you think you know to help you prepare for the biggest shift in generational wealth the world has ever seen. Warriors, rise. Get your shit together. Let's go. Warriors, rise. Hey, what's up, Warriors? It's Coach JB and Ken Mack. We're going to share with you in just a moment where he is located within the world. And we got some exciting news today. He's actually going to give you a tour of one of the acquisitions, which is really cool. So bringing it to life. There's been a lot of things happening very, very quickly. The crypto markets are pumping. There's some news that just came out. Then now with BlackRock and Coinbase that cryptos or Bitcoin is going to go to 700,000. So many things happening. But I think today we're going to focus a lot on business and acquisition and really talking about what is happening within the world, right? There's a massive social economic, global economic change happening. And the fact is that we cannot ignore that the baby boomers, so much wealth is tied up with these baby boomers. And a lot of them, the engine of the economy was small businesses. And many of these businesses have survived uh, crisis after crisis, and you're standing in one of them right now, which is really, really exciting. But before we dive into that, where are you located here in the world, Ken? What's up, Coach JB? It's good to be here. Uh, big hello to everybody. I'm currently located uh, just north of London um, in a little, uh, little town. Uh, we've come to visit one of the recent acquisitions. Uh, one of our students had acquired a, an ultra niche packaging components manufacturing business. So it's nice to be uh, in the sunshine because up in Scotland, it was a little bit cold. I was sitting in front of the fire, uh, getting warm like last night. It was so cold up in Scotland. I don't understand why that place is so cold. But as much as I love Scotland, it just reaffirms my decision as to why I don't live there anymore. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> on the other hand, I don't want to be in the desert uh, this time of year either because it's a little bit hot there as well. Right. The nice thing is, though, you have all these places you can go to. And so it's pretty neat. So you guys have had... Quite a few acquisitions. We had the, the schooling system that you guys acquired. I think acquires like seven of those. Now you're in a manufacturing company right now. And so let's break that down a little bit. Uh, let's well, let's jump into some news really quickly. Like people keep messaging us and oh, crypto's going bullish. I wouldn't get too excited, Warriors. I would just kind of stay calm, you know, dollar cost average in. But with the Coinbase, this news just came out. BlackRock and Coinbase deal could trigger. Bitcoin to burst to 773,000. Well, looking at the reality of it, they break it down. It just shows you how much liquidity can run through the system in regards to BlackRock's. And people need to understand this, that BlackRock is one of the largest asset managers in the world. And remember, I did a video on this last week. BlackRock, BlackRock literally was tapped by the Federal Reserve in America to balance out the markets in 2008 and 2020. So they have some deep connections there, right? And we've always said that or Coinbase, I've always said that Coinbase is with the banking cartel. They're connected to the ecosystem. And it seems like all of these cases that are going out are all based on bringing in new regulations. So the good thing is crypto is pumping right now. I think we were both hoping, I think in the beginning, if I understood you correctly, um, I think we we're both hoping for a pullback. I was hoping for a continued drop in cryptocurrency so I can continue to accumulate. So I think the, the message of this story is just hold on for the ride. You know, don't get don't get too excited. Don't panic too much, but just make sure that uh, you stay focused on having some cash on the side. Big dips. I wouldn't be buying large amounts of cryptocurrency right now. I always encourage people that maybe dollar cost averaging in. But what is your feelings on the markets right now in the cryptocurrency space? Um, to be honest, my stance is still the same. I'm expecting there to be some kind of black swan event. Mm -hmm. um, I think everybody, you know, anybody that's uh, considering dumping all of their capital right now into crypto is going to be 
intentionally making a big mistake. Yeah. Um, you know, crypto always comes back to surprises. So, I, I, you know, there's nothing wrong with starting the dollar cost average now because if you take a look at where we are now, where we were back in November last year, then your know, Bitcoin is a, is a massive discount. But, uh, you know, for me, I, I'm still sitting on the, the prediction of 10, 10 to 14,000. Uh, Bitcoin is anywhere between 10 to 14K. Um, you know, you could say on the daily chart, take a look at the MACD, you know, we are or we might have already just take bullish. Mm. Um, but, you know, we've been bearish for, you know, quite a long period of time now. Um, but I would be sitting on the fence and, and just, uh, you know, taking it easy. Uh, I'm going to be starting to take a look at the markets uh, around Q4, um, uh, you know, end of Q4 this year, into Q1. I'm going to start to, uh, to average out into my position. Mm -hmm. So whether I buy at 15K or buy at 25K, as long as it's consistent, then that's the name of the game because the wealth is made during the bear market, not in the bull market. Yeah. Those who are, you know, seem to be waiting for this bear, you know, for the bull market to come, that's not the time to be buying into the markets. The time to be buying in the markets and making the money is during the, the, uh, the bear markets. Um, of course, like you say, not going all in because that is the biggest rookie mistake that anybody could make. Yeah, it's like it, it just seems like everything is so opposite, right? All the sheep are walking this way. When Bitcoin's at 60,000, everybody was buying. Then when it drops to 20,000, everybody's running. It's like if you just do the opposite of everybody, do the absolute opposite of everybody, the public, you're going to be just fine. So let, I want to talk about business today, really diving into this. It's really cool to see, too, because I know Dan Pena and you have really coined the um, – the LBO space, right? The LBO space. And one of the things that's really going big on TikTok too is boring businesses, right? And it kind of reminds me of what you and Dan Pena have really talked about is getting into businesses that aren't that sexy, right? It's not something you would actually think about. I think when somebody thinks business, we always think franchise or large companies or, um, you know, maybe when you think of buying a business, you think Chipotle, I'm going to go buy a business. But a lot of people don't realize that there's these hidden gems out there that they know, like, and trust, or they, or maybe their family members own them. And then things that you don't don't actually think about. And that's what I really want to dive in today. And the massive amount of wealth that's transferring down. I mean, people don't realize there is so much wealth with the baby boomers. And many of them are part of the engine of the economy, which is small businesses. And a lot of them right now heading into retirement age are very fearful right now. And so fearful sellers, it's just like, the, it would be like the crypto market, right, Ken? It's like, right now they're fearful, you know, they're, they're wanting to run from the space and get out if their kids don't want to you know, take on that responsibility. There are opportunities for businesses to be purchased um, by doing leverage buyouts, using other people's money. But I think the cool thing about you sitting in the facility right now is that it gives people more of a clear picture of, because when I thought, well, I was just being honest with you, you think of like large companies or you think of like, uh, Ford, or you think of companies that you know, like, and trust, right? You don't think about the fact that I'm in a, uh, what do you call it, industrial area, our headquarters is, and there's all these little tiny ma and businesses that, are, that have been here forever. And I started thinking, I'm like, wait a minute, all these companies have been here through the test of time. A lot of them are, you know, you have a, a, a company that's a fan company that does fans, right? They've been here forever, forever. And you don't think about it's not that sexy. It's not that exciting. I think people think business, it has to be sexy, has to be exciting. It has to be flashy. But you're sitting in a manufacturing company right now that was purchased by one of your students. And so I'll let you take the reins around that piece. And I, just trying to help people reposition their mind because people think that, oh, I have to have all this money. You just have to start thinking different and start thinking like I was, you know, we're looking at there's a laundromat down the street that we're looking at there that's up for sale. I'm like a laundromat. Interesting. You know, you could uh, tech, you know, get more tech in there, things like that. So just think about things like that. You know, all, people are always going to use laundry. So I'm excited to uh, talk to you about where you're sitting right now. 
Yep, just give me one moment because my camera seems to have taken a wobbler. Yeah, so I'm going to show you guys some other stuff while he's doing that. So check this out. So I'm going to actually do a deep dive video on this tomorrow. So one of the things that uh, uh, Ken was just talking about is a black swan event, right? So this could be, well, if you didn't watch my video this morning, dive into it, Warriors, because I show you Greg Brandon when he talks about the three cycles, these massive cycles. We're heading into a, we're in it right now, which is a war narrative climate change narrative and economic narrative. Now, this has happened over and over again in history, and it breaks down this cycle. Now, interesting that Ken brought up black swan events, because I'm going to be diving into this tomorrow. We're starting to hear a lot of things with Russia and China, Russia and Ukraine, and now we're hearing things with North Korea, right? And so this just came out this morning. U.S. sanctions crypto mixing services with tornado cash, citing North, Tore North Korean ties, right? So if you look at this, this cyber warning just came out, special designated national list update. So they're uh, stopping Americans from utilizing tornado cash or allowing them to transfer out of tornado cash, which I'm going to dive into this a little bit deeper, but there's going to be a lot of narratives in between countries um, and war, right? All these conflicts you had uh, Janet or not Janet Yellen, sorry, Nancy Pelosi. I think she flew into Taiwan, right? Which was causing all kinds of backlash in China and all this stuff happening right now. So we're definitely heading into an interesting war narrative within our society right now. And it's part of the whole ecosystem and design. I highly recommend you watch the video that I put up this morning. It was talking about these economic cycles that happen. And so we're heading into an inflation or a hyperinflation environment which is an interesting place to be, but it's not a scary place to be. What it, you have to, you don't have to, but a thing to think about is changing your investment strategy based on the cycles. He'll be back um, based on the cycles, right? So we're heading into an inflationary environment, right? Interest rates are going to be super, super high. It's interesting with gold, with gold um, going down in an inflationary environment. Now, people have been asking me a lot about that. Why is gold going down in an inflationary environment? Well, we saw that JP Morgan quite a while ago, got in trouble for manipulating the price of gold. And I think it was silver too as well. So we know that the markets are manipulated, but with these cycles, there's things that you can be doing. And I believe where Ken's sitting right now is probably one of the biggest things I've, I've taken, you know, equity and a lot of startups, but I have in the worst economic times in the, in the world have took equity of multiple companies now. And now I'm sitting on a gold mine when all this stuff comes back. So we'll jump right into it. You know, I know it's not an exciting business, but it's just, I think it's good to have people actually see where you're at and to understand that, wow, they'll start to think like, for example, this, where did this pen come from? Right. There's a company that made this pen. Pens will always be here. Where did this book come from? There's factories that make these things. So I'll let you take the reins around uh, where you're at right now and, and what you got going on. Yeah, so it's not always about, let's say, having a sexy business. It's about logic. It's about having businesses that have stood the test of time. And more importantly, in a time like now, the business needs to be recession-proof because we don't know what's going to be around the corner. This business, for example, was thriving uh, during the, uh, um, I don't want to say the, uh, you know, the pandemic times. No, the pandemic, pandemic times. So I'm sitting here just now with, uh, with Oliver uh, here in the office. Uh, Oliver is the uh, just now he's the sitting CEO of the company. Uh, one of my students from uh, the, one of the boot camps who successfully acquired uh, this company that was incorporated back in 1990. Wow! So you know, sitting on my desk right now is an order book um, of hundreds of thousands of pounds worth of outstanding work, ready to go into the system. And this uh, this particular company is a packaging components manufacturing company. Um, with the, is it a 10-week lead time just now? Well, 10 to 12 weeks in advance, yeah. 
Wow. Weeks uh, waiting time before. Um, so you know we have a lot. We've got a supply shock. Has it always been the same, or is it just is the business just getting busier? The business is getting busier. Yeah, for sure. Um, management, the previous management, um, definitely wasn't as on the ball as we are, should we say. Um, yeah. And they had really didn't seek out to expand on the opportunities that are clearly on the same board, right? So, um, you know, we're, we've, we've looked at these, this order book and, you know, this, this is one of the opportunities that we can see to increase, increase the business, increase the revenue and therefore dividends, etc. So, yeah, it's, um, there's, there's lots, lots to do with it. So how does it feel to go from the corporate world mm. now to be sitting in the driver's seat of a seven-figure manufacturing company where you are now, uh, you know, you're outside the matrix, yeah. essential. Sure, feels, feels great, feels, feels brilliant. I, you know, I'm, I really, I always try and focus on the journey, you know, so I didn't massively celebrate, I'll be honest, when I went to be close. One thing was a long, long journey, but also because I know this is when to just get started. This, yeah. this, this is the start time now. This is, you know, the, the deal, you know, the deal, um, that was a long progress, um, but now is the time um, that really starts. So that's, that's you know, got to appreciate the journey. That's awesome. How, how did you... I just had a question. So like, I know a lot of people, you know, they're sitting right now on their couch or in their corporate America. A lot of people probably watching this while they're at work. Good job. That's good. But um, we're sitting there watching this, working to break free from the matrix. So when you were there, how did you like, you went through the class where, how did you find the business? What did it look like? What was the process? Cause you know, I think people often think when they start a business or they go into LBOs, all of a sudden you're just going to find one and it's just going to happen right away. What was the process like for you? Was it, was it, scarier than you thought or what, what what did it look like from from start to where you're at now i mean there's a lot of one thinking that um first thing would be um act and then think for sure um just start doing and kind of you have this imposter syndrome to start with right a hundred percent you know i'm just essentially acting as if i was ken mack essentially you know you know i'm you know great teacher um yeah. you know, a lot to learn and um, so that's, that's step one, just just start doing and acting as if you are already it, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and then you will become it, right? Don't be egotistical around it, be humble with it, but yeah, that's one thing. Um, the other thing was no, it was not an easy progress um, and a lot of iterations we went through. Um, you know, we went through loads of different industries to start with. You know, I really sort of wanted to just broadly target some, you know, some kind of sub you know, sectors that I thought would be interesting to go into. And then, you know, had some very near misses. Um, Ken and I still fuming about one deal that um, wasn't meant to be, should we say. But we were just discussing earlier as well, actually, kind of in hindsight, um, it's probably for the best. Um, without going into too much detail, but um, yeah. So, no, it's not an easy progress. It took a long time. Um, and how did I find it? Started doing some um, a letter, letter drops, essentially. So not, drop, not physically dropping, but... Put together a really, you know, uh, really condensed A4 um, copy, you know, copy essentially. And all, all that was in there was, um, look, um, you know, we've, we've, we've targeted your business with different wording, of course. Um, and are you open to an exit? We want to keep the legacy of the business. We don't want to turn it upside down. Are you looking for an exit? Right. Mm -hmm. So, and, and from that point, you know, like I said, I, I was working in corporate UK, you know, I'm sure. Corporate America, Corporate UK, same sort of thing, really. Um, I, was, I was working in property development sales. Um, so, um, but it actually worked out pretty well for me because I was working every weekend, which gave me two days 
in the week. So just focus on deals. Mm. Um, deals go up. So, you know, gave up many, um, you know, a few, few years of my weekends. Um, you know, not to say I wasn't out, out enjoying myself as well, but, um, you know, a few sleepless nights, should we yeah. say, uh, weekends. But, um, so, you, you know, you kind of have the best of both. But, yeah, it's, it's um, dedica- dedication, commitment, um, you know, learning from the right people and acting as if you are already done. I so love that imposter syndrome because I had this as well. You know, when I was buying, uh, you know, companies that were bigger than my mindset, you know, seven, eight bigger companies, I'm thinking, like, I feel a little bit weird in this factory. You know, this mm-hmm. is producing tens of millions uh, in revenue, hundreds of employees. It's a very, very weird feeling to, you know, once you touch, smell, and feel it, but you've just got to go with it and just go with the process because these deals are happening all of the time. Mm. And, uh, and on the celebration point, it's my birthday t- uh, tomorrow. Yeah. So we're going to celebrate. Sorry, for you watching yourself, man. So we'll need a, a, a celebration beer to yeah. see. That's all. Well, I wrote I wrote some notes in here. You know, he talked about act then think, and a lot of people think, "Oh, I gotta overanalyze." Right? Analyst perilous is one of the most dangerous places to be. Right? You're acting as you're learning. Right? That, that's one of the biggest things I got from that. Is that everybody thinks I have to have all these resources, I have to have all these skills. And then you brought up something powerful too, Ken. Is that imposter syndrome? It's a real thing. I know some people are out there saying imposter syndrome. It, what it is, it's a real thing. I remember when we first broke our seven figures as a company and all of a sudden all these people are coming to us. We have 5,000 warriors worldwide. And I'm like, am I worthy of this? Am I able to handle this? Like it was, it was like going from college to the NFL. Right. And it's like, that that is a good fear thing to go through within your life because the next level is going to have another imposter syndrome to it. Right. And I think that's one of the biggest things that everybody should understand is everybody's going to go through that. It's like my son's going into first grade right now today. Right. So he was nervous as shit. Why is he nervous? He was in kindergarten last year. It's because he doesn't feel ready for the first grade. It's, it's an imposter thing. Your body, your physical mind, your body or your subconscious mind doesn't have the awareness of what's coming. Right. So it gets uncomfortable. But would you agree that that's that's a really important part of growth is is going through that uncomfortable feeling and, you know, things like that. And so like with the imposter syndrome thing, how do you feel now? Now you're in the seat. You're actually in the building right now. How do you feel? Yeah. You know, feel like I am it now, you know, and, yeah. you know, it's this this is now just a platform, you know, to then go out and buy other synergistic businesses. You know, we've already got meetings set up with very synergistic businesses and, and just having that, that first step. Yeah. Um, with, a, with a strategy that's going to just capital just so so much further. Oliver has gone as far as employing a business development manager as well, who's now calling through. Uh, there's old clients, you know, yeah. uh, you know, just say, you know, hey, you know, uh, there's they're new management that have taken over now. Um, if you've ever thought of making an exit from, from the company, then we would like to speak with you to potentially you know, buy you out. So you're t- now tapping into the supply chain. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And I, th- I think people too, what these businesses have been business for a long time and has the infrastructure in place, you know, and that's one thing. Does, does this company that you bought, does it have a director in place? Is somebody running it or are you fully taking over and running? I am. It? Yeah, the, the previous owner, manager, um, inherited from his father. Um, and it, yeah, um, he was the manager essentially. Um, mm. But I thought, you know, essentially what I'm looking to do at the moment is putting a better system in place. Yeah. the manual at the moment. I want to uh, set up a, a real solid system that we don't really need like a full-on, really highly skilled manager. Mm. Just need someone who's more sort of admin-based to look after the place and manage the system. Yep. 
Yeah, that's the thing too. People don't realize there's so many. I mean, imagine what 20 years ago, even running one of these types of companies, the systems and process, the, the CRM systems that we have, the the uh, the supply chain management, right? When everything goes blockchain, it's going to be even faster, more efficient. You can be able to track things better. So that's that's awesome. And so like one of the biggest things too with this company being around, what, since 1990? What is that? 20? Oh, How many years is that? 42 years? The thing about this company is it, it cannot, like the packaging manufacturing companies that, you know, make cosmetics, toothpaste, etc. they cannot make their packaging without the very specific component mm. that this company here makes. And this, uh, you know, it wouldn't make any sense for them to have this kind of production line inside their factories because it. it's, it's a component, component that's used that's got a certain shelf life. So for them to produce it wouldn't make any sense. So they're absolutely relying on a company like this to produce that very ultra niche um, product which I'm going to show you guys and take you for a tour around the factory because now what I'm trying to say to the guys is once once you're able to touch, smell, and feel it, it's like a drug. Mm. You know, it's yeah. a very, very weird feeling to be in the driver's seat of the company. <laughs> I'm smelling out the next one, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I bet too. It's like that whole product because you you know it's like. I mean, I'm sure it's like riding a bike, right? We we get fearful riding a bike or learning. Thank God when we're kids, right? It's because we get this conscious mind. We overthink everything. You talked about it. I love that. Act, then think. And what happens is like kids, they're, they're, they, have no, they have no conscious mind until they're eight years old. That's why when they we fall when they're walking, they get back up over and over and over again, right? They hit their head, they get back up, and it's like that. Like this type of thing, people don't realize if you just act and you go out there and you you keep making dials and you keep you know focused on – you know the thing I love is you worked on the weekends and then you spent your two days – you're two days off, focused on freeing yourself. And now look, you're in the driver's seat. I think that's really important. Another lesson that I got from this as well is, is if people really want to free themselves from the corporate structure, your time off is so critical right now, right? If you don't focus, like if you work a nine to five and you're not hustling on your five to nine or your weekends off, you're always going to be indoctrinated and trapped in that system. Imagine, like I always tell people if I do a speech or things like that, I always say, hey, listen, if for three fucking years, three years, if you were just to give everything you got, everything you got and you could free yourself for the rest of your life would you do it every person says yes and i said then do it <laughs> then, then why don't you do it then when i say that you don't do it and so people say yeah i would do that but that's what i did i went balls to the wall for three years straight and i don't answer to anybody anymore i show up when i want i can travel when i want and that's the key to this whole thing is like what you did is your days off you worked weekends your days off you put in the work and now you're sitting in the driver's seat and now you can call the shots and I really want to hone in with people on that is that this is all about freedom, right? The freedom to make your own choices, the freedom to call the shots. And now you're in the driver's seat where if you want to increase your paycheck, you don't have to wait for the end of the year or some boss to give you a five, five, five star review and give you a 25 cent raise. If you want more money, you become more productive. You put in more systems and processes. You add more people. You scale up. And that's one thing that I've been talking about a lot online is that I'm like, hey, listen, listen, guys, if you want to beat inflation, start a company. We, we, we increased our company in the worst economic times, 58% year over year. It doesn't matter what inflation is. If, if there's more inflation, we just make more money. We become more effective, right? We get more people in the business. And so I think that's the biggest hedge, right, Ken? It's like everybody's hedging against inflation. Start, start a company. Buy a company that's already producing, right? Well, you know, the thing is, we're just two normal guys. Uh, you know, I, I come from a council estate. I came from nothing. Um, you know, I'm not... Uh, uh, an academic um, individual that's been to university or college, you know, I don't believe in that bullshit anyway. Um, so I'm just a normal dude that wanted to be rich and become wealthy. I think there's a difference between wealth and rich. Yes. Uh, well, being wealthy but rich. Uh, but I just made that decision, uh, just like Oliver has made the decision as well, that he wants to commit himself. 
We've even got Nas sitting here as well from Acquirefy. Um, Nas is the lead developer for um, the Acquirefy system, and Nas is working night and day. Yeah, um, so I have two projects. Well, now I've got a third project. So I just set up um, an R&D company, uh, um, I would say Europe's largest fintech and blockchain incubator, um, wow. 439 in a city called Canary Wharf. Um, so, yeah, it's been really, really, really well, hectic. Working night and day, I've been yawning while I was listening. <laughs> <to you> guys. <laughs> That's what I've been doing. Um, yeah, I had about four hours sleep last night. Um, wow. very much. But, um, well, we work in night and day to um, um, bring out a platform and launch it in September. That's what we're looking to do. Amazing. So making that decision, all about making the decision and making the commitment. You know, you can either, you know, you can be partying at the weekends, or you can be out keeping fit, innovating. But the thing is, once you, uh, put a, you know, do things in a certain way, then you get to choose if you want to work the weekend, if you want to hike up the hill at the weekend, or if you want to go to yep. the weekend. I think we should go for a, a factory tour, guys. Yeah. Please. Yeah, that'd be cool. Because it, it, it just really gives context, too, because it, it'll give yeah. people more of an awareness. Because I, I just keep thinking about that people will bring me businesses and they're like, it's they're, their brain isn't thinking what where you're at right now. It's like, because there's there's tons of these companies. It's Fabian here from uh, one of our boot camps. 20, what age are you, Fabian? 20-year-old. And this no, young guy right here has had a pre-approval on a home healthcare company in the UK, funding in place, nice. offer agreed, and it's now in legal. Congratulations. Congratulations. Good job, brother. So this is the uh, the main office here. Oliver's right. going to take us for a wee tour. It's a little bit noisy at the moment, most, but most of the guys come home. So. Cool, man. Right, so... Welcome to my crib. It's a little bit uh, noisy, guys, so I'm going to uh, translate here. <laughs> yep. um, we're starting off with raw materials. So that down, down there is the raw material, okay? Spoiled steel. So basically just rolls of steel. That's awesome. It's then it's cut into the right size, length. It's then clamped together. In this, and welded together. And welded together. That's awesome. That's something like this. Without, that's not, I don't have a weld, but. Can you hear okay, Coach JB? Uh, yeah, a little bit. It's better if you translate it. Okay, so. Just, just uh, heading over here, this is uh, the next stage in the process. So remember, these are components for packaging and manufacturing. Got it. So this one here is cut into the, the sizes. You can see lots of different bands over there. So th th this here is then cut into small sizes, which you can see over there. Yeah. Mm. Awesome. So a question we're getting is, what, what are they actually making? What is this used for? Yeah, so, um, so what they're making is um, is components which go inside uh, the packaging manufacturing machines. So it's a key component right. and it's got a shelf life. So these uh, these components wear out over time. So like packaging for toothpaste and cosmetics, etc., that they cannot make that without this key component. So this is an ultra niche 
manufacturing company. Wow. So 50 plus years, that this is the way that it's been done. So wow. completely recession proof, completely. Wow. Yeah, it's cool. People are loving seeing this, man. This is real cool. This is real life. So, you know, it's nice to be able to let people, you know, kind of yeah. see it in real life. You know, this is a you know an acquisition that's taken place so three three months ago or so. That's awesome. Different specifications, you know, depends on what the machinery needs. But this is a much longer band. Like all these bands. Bear in mind, the reason why there's so many is because they have a, essentially a, a life. On, on the machinery, so what what they do basically they are heated up. These bands are heated up like this, and they're basically rotating while being heated up, so they can then seal together the, the packaging. So say a toothpaste tube is sealed together by heat sealing, and Uncle you know, Uncle Ben's rice packets heat sealing, mm. right? So all all this sort of uh, packaging um, is heat sealed with these components. So the question is, how long were the negotiations to purchase this business? How long were the negotiations to purchase the business? It was a, it was a tough one, a tough road. It was from, from end to end, it was 10 months. 10 months. It shouldn't take that long, though. It shouldn't take that long. It was, um, yeah, there, was a lot, there was a lot of things that had to be negotiated, things um, that come, came to light out of the due diligence. You know, be very diligent in the business, yep. know what you're buying. Um, but yeah, it shouldn't, it shouldn't really take that long, but it was 10 months. So you have um, some big, big ovens that they go for through for curing. This here, this is where we we coat with Teflon. About fifty percent of the bands are coated in in some sort of Teflon. Teflon is um, essentially a, a a polymer. It's a it's a plastic basically. Mm. Mm. So this, this is the plain band. This has no Teflon on it. So this is this is the plain band, and we will, will uh, one order will probably be two hundred of these, two, two, wow. four hundred, sometimes more. So, so that band there that goes into the machinery. So, so just to be clear, that goes into the machinery which produces packaging. So like cosmetics, toothpaste. Um, yeah, so, it, the, so the machines that seals. It seals together. the packaging together, so they cannot make the packaging without that key component. And it's not, uh, and it doesn't make any sense for these companies to manufacture this product themselves either because of the shelf life. Right. So, so interesting, man. It's super, super, super niche. Yeah, it's super cool, man. And what is it? What is this um, place produced per year? Say again. What 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 is the amount of money this company makes? It's uh, seven figures in revenue. Wow. Uh, wow. Seven figures, but it's uh, th this company here has the potential to double its revenues and its profitability because uh, Oliver is implementing a night shift. So by mm. putting a night shift on, we have a huge order book of people waiting for orders. We can immediately double the revenues of the company by putting on a night shift. So that's what he's working on just now with a, um, a recruitment company. So there, wow. there is actually a second. This is kind of like two businesses yeah. in one. So there's a second business inside this manufacturing facility. So we're going to show you just now. Okay. That's cool, man. 
See, I think that that's the, that's the thing too. I don't know if you can hear me, but it's like these companies have been around for so long. They're just stuck in their ways. And when you can innovate, right, you can increase the revenue very pretty quickly. Yeah. So this side as well, this is also e-sealing components, um, but for usually for smaller packaging um, machines. So essentially what, I'll show you the finished product first. So these are, we're taking strip sheets of either stainless steel or um, what we call 8020, which is a nickel chrome. And we are coating them with either this is a uh, this is copper coated, and this is uh, silver coated. So what these do, uh, there's a, a current run through this uh, electric current that heats it up really really fast, and so that then is then used to then seal the packaging. So you put one one on the uh, mm. there, on there right, and that will seal it really really fast. The reason why we coat it is to take the heat away from the ends um, and to kind of preserve the, the, the life of it as well. But again, these, these do run out of um, juice, should we say, right? You can't use them over and over for, for, for too long because their efficiency runs out. Essentially, you, know, you have, the, you have the, the bats here. So this is what, um, if I show you this, so they're, they're jigged up in, in this, yeah, yeah. Um, and then they're put into these bats which then again, the current is run through this and there's a silver anoid in this one. And then we have other, other ones for copper as well and, and nickel as well. Um, so then that, that then plates, it's called plating. Um, the, 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 um, the other materials of copper and silver on, onto the material. That's awesome. That's that's cool. Cool. So that would be one that's just gone through the vat. Got it. That's pretty cool. Yeah, awesome company, uh, lots of potential, uh, but it's a, now, now the company's got a new lease of life. Right, so these, these ones I've just been showing you, this is, a, this is one that actually uses, a, yep. this uses this one, for example, right? So the, what happens here, and most, com, every, almost every single company will have one of these, you know, that's making something. Um, yeah. Even your, your mom and pop shops, right, they'll have one of these. What, what this does, when you put it down, it runs a current through it, heats it up really fast, and then that's just, you stamp it, and it, it, it seals it together. Wow. Yeah, so a question is um, from Machiavelli. Um, it says, how much does buying a business roughly cost? It depends. How much, how much are you prepared to pay for it? Yeah, it depends. <laughs> yeah, you know, a, a business is only worth what somebody's willing to pay and what, what somebody's willing to sell it for. Yep. Um, but yeah, we'll go back through the office okay. and uh, we can do some questions. Yeah, any questions you guys may have? So these are great questions. Um, oh, cool. So yeah, we'll wait till we get back to the office as they walk back. So yeah, fire your questions here because this is real life stuff happening right now. I mean, this is a real life deal that we have that we're showing you here. You know, he was in corporate America 10 months ago. You know, I think that's the thing too. You know, for him, it probably seemed like a lifetime, 10 months. But if you think about it, 10 months and now they have a seven figure deal. And they're going to innovate and probably double the profits from corporate 10 months ago to buying an existing business, to innovating this to business, to freedom. I mean, it's like, I mean, think about that. I said three years. Would you do that for 10 months? You know, so. All right. So it's a camera plug back in there. Just bear with me. Yeah, we can we can hear you guys. I have to say on that point, it was it was a much longer journey than than 10 months. That was just to buy this one. Um, You know, it was. It was, you know, almost two years. Wow. Really. 
yeah, to, to that I started on the on the journey with Ken, you know, with one of his boot camps. That's so cool. Yeah, and think about that too. Coach JB, and uh, I need to reset the camera. Sounds good. Yeah, go ahead. I'll just I'll, I'll kind of walk them through like the things that I've been through experience wise. So yeah, so if you guys look at the difference between what I do and what Ken does, and we're still searching for LBOs as well. It's a longer process, right? I went through his boot camp. Oh my gosh, about four or five months ago, six months ago. And so as I went through the boot camp, it really opened up my eyes to business. And so what helped me too is going through the boot camp with Ken is as people came to me with business ideas, if I knew, liked, and trust them and I understand where they were heading, um, I would ask for equity instead of, you know, they say, Oh, can you consult for us? I'm like, I want equity in the company. And so the cool thing about connections and acting versus thinking, as he was talking about, is the fact that now we're connected to Acquirify, right? So I have a company that's going to launch very soon here, um, which is called Merlin, which is launching a, an app called Merlin, which is a crypto wizard. It's going to dominate the crypto space. It's it's one of, it's going to be one of the top apps. We've got one of the top developers. And now I have connections to Acquirify. We could value the business in, in you know, a while and then try to and, and sell it on the open marketplace or bring it to Acquirify. And so that's the key to activation is the connections you get. I think that's one of the biggest things is, you know, watching these YouTube channels, reaching out to people, connecting with people. And so community is probably one of the biggest things. Um, okay. So it said, did, did, nego- uh, did he negotiate training as part of the deal? So like training on how to do the products and services. Um, yeah. So essentially that's, that was, that was essentially part of the handover process with, with the previous owner manager. So that's, that's all sort of incorporated into that. Um, most businesses that I've, I've found will be open to, um, uh, you know, a handover period. You know, some would even be open to staying in the business for up to two years. Some of them I've found. Um, particularly, the more niche, the more you're going to need that handover. Yeah. Um, luckily, as niche as this business is, um, it's actually quite simple. Um, so there hasn't needed to be that much of a handover. And, and luckily enough, just due to the personal sort of circumstances as well, um, that's that's kind of worked out quite well. Um, but I've definitely learned fast. I needed him, you know, really on call every day for um, for a month, and then sort of, you know, put, start to put my own systems and own ideas. Yeah. In place. Um, but it really depends on what you're thinking. I'd always overstate it on on the handover. Always buy more time than you think you need, because uh, then you can always uh, sort of, you know, sort of, you know, that's, use less. Yeah, that's awesome. It says, where did you find the business to sell? And he says, thank you for the contents from Michael. So where did you find this actual company? Yeah, so again, um, lots of iteration in terms of targeting companies. You know, like I say, I started off very broad um, and just sort of through that iterated, oh, that would be a good industry and stumbled upon, you know, essentially stumbled upon across this industry and figured, you know, two, three, four together, um, found it to be a really good industry to to go with. but all, what I did was I, uh, I bought a list from a list broker um, of you know directors' names, phone numbers, and addresses. I then put together uh, a one-page sort of A4 um, copy, you know, some mm-hmm. copy um, that basically says on there, you know, we found your company. Um, I'll do some brief research, and mm-hmm. we'd like to open up a conversation about whether you'd be interested in, in an exit. Um, and then from that point, basically says, if you're open to that, give me a call um, or, or an email, but you know, really you want them to call and get on the phone with you. Um, and then from that point, it's, it's just about uh, sort of meeting them. Um, really important point is building up that relationship because 
most of these owners, it's their this is their baby, you know, this is their yeah. this is their second this is their second home, you know. So they need to see you as a trust. You know, this this is Ken's Ken's uh, Ken's words, but see see you as the trusted pair of hands, you know. It's such an important point. They this business would not have been sold if they did not believe we were going to keep it intact and just build upon it. The the, the key thing is that you know some great wording is build upon your legacy, right? Mm. Yep. Because it's there, so they have such an emotional attachment to this thing they built um, that you need to see, be seen as that safe pair of hands that's going to not rip it all apart um, and just build on their legacy. Now, this yeah. company in particular, and it was a, you know, within a family, so it had been passed to you know the son. Uh, you know, so the father obviously has been putting a lot of time, effort, energy, resources, skill into yep. building. You know, investing a lot of time into building this company out. So. Uh, for, for them, you know, it's not all about the money. Uh, usually, when you're trying to find a business to buy, especially about you know, it's part of family legacy. Yep. Uh, they're looking for the right person that can come in uh, that they believe is going to you know care for the business. Yeah. Uh, legacy. There's the staff here is you know it's like a family. You know, it's a bit empty just now because everything's way home and there's yeah. a bit of change of shift happening soon. Um, you know, I, I mean, when do we trade until is it one in the morning? Yeah. So yeah, they're, they're trading until one one o'clock in the morning, but. Um, the, the staff here are like a family, so they want, mm -hmm. they want to make sure as well that the staff are going to be looked after. Yeah, um, you know, been here for a long, long time, so it's a it's a very emotional journey that the seller needs to go through. And, you, and it's not a case of do you want to sell your, your company? How much money do you want for your company? It's about building the rapport and them trusting you and them liking you because I guarantee you that they're not going to sell you the business if they don't like you. Yeah. Yep. So there's a question here. It says, you know, these are profitable and established companies that you can turn the key that are making money on day one. I'm sitting right now in front of me on the table, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of order ready to go. So like, it's not like the sellers of a profitable established company needs the money. They want to make sure that that company's legacy is going to continue. That's beautiful. This this uh, question is: Is it better to focus on consolidating one industry? Or acquire companies in several industries. I don't really have an answer to that. I can tell you what I'm doing is consolidating in an industry, um, but more importantly, I'm looking for synergistic businesses to build on this platform. You know, it might not all be packaging manufacturers. It might not all be steel components, right? Yep. But it's going to be companies that fit within the mold of this company, so they can all be put together under one roof. And really makes sense together, and they can you know they can send um, you know clients each each other's way. They can um, you know buy products and, and services from each other. That's, that to me is is once you've got a platform, build around it. Yep, and then also with that too, like Ken, what you were teaching your program is like once you start to see who 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 you connect with, you can also look at acquiring those companies, right? So like, for example, if you're dealing with a company that sells the metal sheets, right, you could look at, see if they're for sale. And then all of a sudden you start buying up all the businesses that you connect with, right? No, so you just need to take a look at the supply chain and, uh, you know, who your company is already partnering with. And in the case of this particular company here, you know, we have a guy that's full time working on the acquisitions, writing out all of the old clients, the supply chain, and just uh, letting them know that we have a change of ownership. And, uh, and we would be interested in having a conversation with them about buying their business if that's something they've thought about doing, you know, or at least considering us yep. um, when the time comes to sell the company. Um, 
I see a question there. Can you talk about the deal? Is it highly leveraged owner financing? So yeah, I can, I can say that pretty much most deals nowadays have an element of seller finance in the UK, but we call it deferred consideration. Um, and you know, we, we don't uh, tend to believe too much in highly leveraging a deal. So anytime that we come in, we make sure that the company is uh, reasonably leveraged so that we have enough you know, uh, you know, juice uh, left squeeze. Um, you know, we, um, you know we, we had money on the table on the day that we acquired this company. So you can see effectively we get paid to buy this company. You know, mm. there was money, extra money in the bank. Uh, and usually when you're buying the companies, you're about, you know, you're getting all of the money in the bank, the working capital, and you get immediate revenue from day one. And what I call it is buying revenue. You need to learn how to buy revenue. And if you can learn and master these skills, that is what's going to create generational wealth. Yes. And you need the money to invest in things like crypto um, and, you know, real estates, uh, gold, silver, watches, whatever you want to invest in. But, you know, that, that leads me, you know, when I mention the word crypto, well, I've got the thought inside my head, uh, Acquirefy. You know, Acquirefy, this is why NAST is here from Acquirefy, mm -hmm. the lead developer partner of Acquirefy, because we are going to be plugging in these types of opportunities to, we call them the acquire pools. These are investment pools in Acquirefy. You, you, you can log into the application once it's built, and you can invest in some gold, acquire, acquire pools, some silver, uh, some real estate, some land. These companies, so, uh, you know, companies that are recession-proof, they're producing dividends back through the blockchain, so by investing your crypto, that is what you call diversification, not investing yeah. in different coins. Having a platform where you can invest your crypto into companies like this and a diversified portfolio of it might be education, your schools, manufacturing, bespoke manufacturing like this, um, yeah. or it could be something as simple as home health care. Yeah. But that is, like, Acquirefy is going to be the ultimate diversification tool. The yeah. very first diversification tool in crypto to hit the blockchain space. So it's, it's nice to you know to have everybody here in the factory, and uh, you know to you know, to speak business, to speak crypto, to speak uh, traditional business, to speak blockchain business. You know everything is right here, right right now in the office. So I'm very very excited. I think you can hear it in my voice. <laughs> oh yeah, heck yeah. I mean, so like think about too, like a traditional business. If they're yeah. going to clarify, it's a good way for them to get cash out of the business, right? They can put their business on there and, and basically you're am I hearing it right? You're tokenizing shares, like somebody going um public on the stock market, kind of. Yeah. I see a very, very important question here, Coach GV. It says, yeah. Ken, do you like pierogi? I don't even know what that pierogi is. Pierogi is It's fucking awesome. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> Pierogi is, is, is a Polish dumpling. It's oh, tastes so good. Such an important question. That's awesome. Okay, so it's, uh, Brian Armstrong says government's looking to have twenty percent crypto exposure. Current number is below one percent. I'm telling you guys, crypto is going to be wild, man. It's the the liquidity coming to crypto. Twenty percent crypto exposure. Yeah, it, it's uh, such an interest this is from our he's from our research team. We're diving into this stuff. I mean, think about that. The government's going to have 20 percent crypto exposure. You got BlackRock going to be bringing all this liquidity into the system. We're going to see some really bullish sentiment coming, some massive amounts of I mean, massive amounts of uh, money coming into the system. Right. And so I think that that's why I get so excited about things like Acquirify, like you guys sharing these businesses, because people the, what I've gotten really bullish on is business, 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 because it's like I really. For example, we, we started a crypto mutual fund uh, business, right? We did that and we beat the market. We actually beat the market with gaming tokens and stuff. The market collapsed 70%. We lost only 3% for our investors. And that was through innovation like you did. We, we, we acted. We didn't overthink it. 
we we did a you know friends and family fund and we built it out and and it did awesome and that's through innovation right and so i diversified there we diversified into our crypto app that's coming out diversified a lot of it is cryptocurrency but in regards to business wise but we're on the other side of it right we're on the business side of the cryptocurrency space and then with our academy too like the the online education it was like you know that's a whole new space we started online education teaching people how to do that stuff as well. And we're just beating inflation nonstop. So it really doesn't matter if you get the right companies. Like for example, you know, you just beat inflation. You got a seven figure company and now you're going to innovate, put in a night shift, put in some technology and who knows what's going to happen with that company. You double your production. Inflation doesn't matter at that point. And I want to keep honing, honing in on people with baby boomers. I mean, I worked in banking and so I was really big on the, the baby boomer sector. We got to see the all the wealth is stacked with these baby boomers. They're retiring. They're trying to get out of their small businesses. They're, they're needing to move their wealth somewhere, right? And so businesses or, or selling their businesses, I think, is one of the greatest things. I believe, I mean, you taught me that. I used to say the biggest, the biggest wealth transfer in the world is cryptocurrency, right? But then it, you open up a mind that you open up my mind to two things is diversification, number one, which saved my ass because once I got into diversification, because I was diversified in crypto, right? And that if I was just in crypto and had one business, I would have been screwed right now when the crypto market collapsed. But I diversified in business. I diversified in my crypto portfolio heavily. I diversified into some silver, right? Um, and then also got into in America. I have my leveraged life insurance. So I'm secure now because I leverage across the board, but I'm telling you guys, I'm going to keep, I, you know, I've been talking a lot more about business on my TikTok as well, because I'm realizing that's what helped me beat inflation, you know? Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, like for us, you know, before all of the, uh, the manufactured crisis situations, uh, you know, pre-2020, uh, my, my focus was the baby boomers. And I was saying to the guys, uh, you know, my team, uh, you know, before, I, you know, I only started coaching a couple of years ago, uh, but when I was, you know, on the, uh, you can call it in the trenches, but you know, it was a quiet business. Mm -hmm. it was, uh, we're having a lot of fun. But I'm saying to the guys that our target market is the baby boomers because yeah. they're retiring 10,000 a day. So there was already an urgency. We're seeing you know, in the USA a lot of business owners that are 70, 80 years of age. There was already an urgency to sell these businesses. But just over the past couple of years, the urgency is far more significant than what it was back in 2019, 18, 17. Wow. Because people have come to the conclusion now that they just want to enjoy their life. You know, we've got a pandemic, we've got war, we've got famine, we've got food crisis. Uh, so many bad things happening in the world just now where people have thought, you know what, it's enough. There is more to life than sitting my 70-year-old ass in the driver's seat here of this business, being a slave to the system or whatever, mm -hmm. sold to the business. Because a lot of them, the... the, the, the uh, they become very involved in their businesses to the point where they're micromanaging so many different departments and they just yep. don't want to break away. But now they've had the realization where it's time to step up and go away and enjoy my life now before it has any more negative impacts on my health. Um, so right now is the biggest opportunity in our history to build generational wealth because the, uh, the fear is real. And like Warren Buffett says, you want to buy the fear and then sell the greed. Now, now is the time to get wealthy. So we're actually very, very fortunate to be living in a time like now. Stuff like inflation, you know, um, it's not something that I personally worry too much about or, or think too much about because if you're focusing on, you know, worrying about inflation isn't going to change anything, but worrying about what can change your situation is going to certainly, you know, take, take your focus away, but away from the things you don't worry about. But, um, you know, that, that's just my take on inflation. is just knuckle down. Educate yourself, invest in yep. knowledge, because knowledge is the uh, it's the ultimate investment, which is going to pay you dividends for the rest of your life, just like what Oliver has done sitting here. 
invested the knowledge which is sitting there. It's probably saved you years of your life trying to do things in a way that, uh, well, I, I spent many years doing things the, the, the wrong way, but I spent many years doing things the right way, but it just took me time to put the pieces of the puzzle yeah. together. But, you know, getting the right books, the right podcast, the right YouTube, um, you know, listening to the right YouTube shows like this, joining you know, the Warrior Academy, and making all of these investments will, will certainly buy you little bits of the future. And that, that's what I always say in investing is, investing in, you know, whether it's knowledge, you know, you're investing hard capital, investing now is like buying a little bit of the future. So yeah. it's the most important thing that you can do. Yeah, I love what you say that. So one of the, I love that. It's one of my favorite things you always say. It's like when you're investing, you're investing in a little piece of the future. It's like you're dropping into the future. And, you know, I, I feel like I keep saying that, you know, I heard nobody's freaking out the economy, about the economy. But because of the education that I've learned about how the system actually works, is this the greatest time in human history to get in? You know, even businesses, they're going to be selling them for a lot less based on the sediment within the markets. So this one, Mr. Wright says, uh, great questions, Mr. Wright. A lot of good questions. Do many owners want to sell because their kids don't want to own the business. Correct. Yes. Uh, many, many times, frequently, um, I see business owners, that children that simply don't want to take on the businesses because they can see the stress that their father or their mother has gone through running that business. So it's very, very common to see family members not wanting to take the business forward. Very mm -hmm. common. I mean, for example, the, the daughter of the seller here is still working for us. You mm -hmm. know, it's... it's um, you know, she's probably too young. She's doing some admin, but, you know, it's not just, you know, she sees this as, as, as a great business. She, she loves what her, her dad's done, um, but it's not for her, you know? Right. And, you know, that's not, it's not going to be right for everyone and, and, their, and their kids, you know? Yeah. So you can't push that upon someone. Um, I think, you know, if, if it's not right for them, you know, if they're creative and they want to go do creative things, for example, um, that's that's where the, what they're going to do. They're not going to go and run a business, you know. Yeah, that's powerful. Yeah, it's so, so important too, especially with, you know, young kids coming up as well. You know, society's changed so much and maybe a manufacturing company may seem boring to them, but it's exciting for us because we understand how wealth is built. So this is a really important question. So a lot of people see, and I'll explain my, uh, the business model that I'm in now. So I, I run companies, I have a lot of startups and I stopped. I'm no more startups. Now, the reason why he, the question is, is it more stable to do what I do or more stable to do what they're doing? They'll think about what, that what he's just done is he's bought a business that's already been in business since 1990. It's producing seven figures and all he has to do is turn up and innovate, which could double his revenue right away. What I did is I started from ground floor. All mine have been startups, right? So my main companies are startups and it took me four years to get my startup to a million dollars, right? And so learning and growing and losing all my money. And, and I was one of the few within the, within the ecosystem. You know, if you look at online education companies, that's why I'm teaching people to not make the same mistakes that I did is a lot of online education companies don't make it because they don't understand the systems and processes and innovation that you can do on the back end to make themselves successful. So I think it's more stable to go in and purchase a company, right? To purchase a company because you're buying profits. Also, the type of company I do is very low overhead. Now, the way that I'm set up now, I have 27 team members worldwide now. So mine has overhead. When I first started, it was just me. It was just me, my CFO, and a small little team. And there was no profit margin really, except our facility that we had the gym. I couldn't rent it from home. So there's different ways to look at it. Both take very hard work, a lot of dedication. Um, startups right now in this time, 
might not be the best, but the startups I strategically went into are based on cryptocurrency technology. So some of them are really high risk. And then some of them are, are ones that I believe are going to be here for the future. But so there are two different types of business models. So I'm still working to get my LBOs. Like, like you said, you know, I love that you brought up the honesty around that. It was about two year process, 10 months for this actual business. So, so people, you know, you, you know, some might be quicker than others. I'm sure Ken have had some that are really quick closes, but it takes a while. It takes, you know, you got to keep sending out your letters and then eventually you got to go through the process. You know, we had quite a few that we looked at, we vetted out that just didn't work out. Um, and like you said, rightfully so, they probably didn't work out because they weren't the right businesses. But um, yeah, so I'm going for both strategies. I'm doing the LBOs and the startup businesses. I'm not growing into startups anymore. People keep asking me to invest in their startups or to take equity. We're done. We're locked in. We got all our businesses. And now I'm working to buy profits, which is LBOs. So. Well, you know, you're, you're right, Coach JB. Uh, you know, one is starting a business, which we know is high risk. Nine, nine out of 10 businesses fail, whether it's the information business like your business um, or it's a, you know, a services-based business. Starting a business... It takes a lot of hard work, determination, sweat, blood, tears, investment mm -hmm. in time. Uh, or if you're buying a business, you know, for example, even if it has taken two years, then you bought a business that's, you know, circa 30 years of age that's already producing seven figures of revenue. So it really just depends on uh, what road that you want to go down. They're two mm -hmm. completely different paths. But, uh, you know, this path here, uh, specifically, you know, not many people, uh, you know, get down this path because they, they find it very overwhelming. And you, you mentioned the imposter syndrome. It's, um, you know, it, it's difficult. You know, it, it, this is not, it, it's the process when you, under, you understand it's very straightforward. Yeah. But, um, there, there is a big mindset um, situation that you need to master as well, you know, with, with following the process and doing things in a certain way. Yeah. So this is what we'll do this last question. We're coming up on an hour here. It says with uh, with uh, with your real estate, are you looking for residential or business? Just to be transparent. Um, I know Ken's into real estate. Um, I, I'm not into real estate. I've always wanted to get into it. It's just been hasn't been on my radar yet. So I'm just waiting to respond if it comes to me, but um, have not gotten into real estate personally. Ken. Yeah. So I've been in real estate, uh, you know, since I was 21 years of age, you know, a wealthy guy said to Ken. You need to get into real estate, you know, and uh, you're going to thank me later. And uh, you, you, know, you buy me up a bottle of champagne later down the road. And something that always stuck because I always listened to people that uh, were better off than me, that were doing better than me. So it's, you know, people that I looked up to. So I thought, well, you know, I need to start somewhere. So that first little apartment or flat that I bought, uh, you know, back in the day, it was like 17 years ago or something. I've still got it, you know. So like my my, my rule is not my golden rule is this. Uh, you never sell your assets, just buy and hold. And yes, you know, right now you could be buying the top of the market, but if you're going to hold, the negative equity doesn't, doesn't really matter. Um, you know, for me, I think real estate is a, a great hedge. Um, it's, it's a great uh, way to diversify. Now, whether it's short-term stays, long-term stays, hotels, uh, or commercial warehouses, for example, like this building here that's uh, leased uh, you know, from some other company to th this manufacturing company here. So... You know, they've got a stable tenant in here, this company paying a good rent for a long period of time. So um, mm -hmm. I think it's having a mix of commercial real estate is very important. But like for me, this might sound funny, but I learned how to buy a property without using any of my own money. And mm -hmm. we call it rent to rent and rent to buy. Uh, and then they diversified into uh, you know, service accommodation, long-term renting, corporate renting, hotels, guest houses, houses of multiple occupation. So, you know, for me, real estate is one asset class, one diversification strategy. Mm -hmm. um, I think that maybe you could wait until we have the crash. You know, the bubble is going to burst. You take a look at the charts, 
the bubble is going to burst. There's no way we can keep on going up the way. Um, so as we know, a recession is a deflationary event. That's when assets come to us. The inflationary event is kind of happening now where assets are running away from you, but they need to uh, uh, program a recession. What a recession is programmed is programmed to pull assets back to us. So we're going to see everything um, decreasing in value from real estate, maybe gold, silver. And th this is why I believe that the crypto will still get a lot further to fall before we find the bottom. Like we, we haven't formed the bottom in crypto yet. It's mm. similar to that. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I, I know there, there's a lot of people out there that, uh, that want to learn, you know, how do you buy a business with no money down? How do you do LBOs? And uh, you know, I've been running these boot camps, but I, I just don't know if I'm going to have the time to do any more boot camps because we've got, we've got so many deals now happening, like Fabian sitting over the other side of the desk, who was in an old boot camp, who I'm now working with on future acquisitions, like Oliver here. So I've got quite a few people that I'm working with that have been through the boot camps that I now need to work on the deals. Um, so you know, I, this is exactly why I put the business buying challenge together, which is a completely inexpensive, easy, straightforward uh, program, which is made up of slides and a business buying toolkit that you can do on your own and join a uh, Facebook community. So you guys are welcome to get that free of charge uh, inside the Mac Club. That's mac.club. Come and join us. Or if you just want to learn how to buy businesses, go to thebusinessbuyingchallenge.com. And then you can do your own thing, come into the group, and uh, yeah, learn how to buy businesses. But as it stands for anybody looking uh, to join the bootcamp, we don't have any dates because I'm simply out of steam. Uh, you know, we acquired near, nearly 10 companies. We have a few that are now in legal, so it's going to be 10 soon. So, yeah, there's only so much energy that I've gotten. Of course, working with uh, Acquirify, NASA over here, um, it's uh, extremely exhausted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, went, I went climbing yesterday, and uh, I haven't been um, for a long time, basically. And, uh, yeah, I need to build more muscles, I believe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> believe it or not, the next day I couldn't even make a fist. Really, like, it was so hard to actually make a proper strong fish. Um, <laughs> it's a bit funny, but um, it was really good. But yeah, we um, we work quite a lot. Um, we got a huge overload of work because I'm uh, I'm running a uh, a DeFi platform called Safeu.net at the moment. Um, we launched a really cool tool this week for um, all the DJs and the DJN lovers. Um, so we launched a uh, token um, contract scanner where um, any uh, DeFi lover. Um, like or anyone that is unsure of a token before adding it to their wallets, what they could do is um, um, just put the contracts um, on um, either our web UI or our Telegram bots. We created a Telegram bot where you can um, add it to any Telegram channel as well. Um, just input the um, 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 the token address, the token contract contract address, and it will give you a trust score, um, an overall trust score, um, with um, pinpoint detail about the token and the safety of the token. So, yeah, it's been uh, pretty challenging, but we nailed it. And uh, we're looking to push um, more stuff out, basically. That's what That's we're doing. Awesome. That's awesome. I love all the innovation, creation, business building ideas. It's, it's the greatest time in human history. That's a good way to really wrap it up, Warriors. So thank you, Ken. And thank you guys for taking us through a tour of your new business. Congratulations on your new business. And it's really good to see it in action. Like people were commenting that to actually see it in action, to hear your actual personal story, you know, from corporate America two years ago to 10 months sitting in the corporate to now running your own business to innovating and growing it and, and probably many, many more businesses. But a couple of things that we really want to recap is, is know that imposter syndrome is real. 
as you go into these new things. Expect to be uncomfortable. Expect to feel uncomfortable as you go into the unknown, but don't be afraid of that. You know, Rob Proctor talked to a God rest his soul, talked about a terror barrier, hammer through those terror barriers. And just like he said, act then think, right? And surround yourself with like-minded individuals. Remember, you don't have to have all the skills. There's tons of resources. Get really good at one thing, stay focused, add the people that are good at the things you're not good at, and just let's move forward. So we appreciate you guys. We love you guys. As we always say, warriors, get your shit together. Let's go.